Hello, Wisdom Seekers, and thank you for tuning in to the Wisdom Seeker Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra Bell. In this podcast, we value godly wisdom, and we seek it through digging into scripture and having heart-to-heart conversations. On some episodes, you'll be hanging out with just me, and on others, I will have a guest who will give insight on their journey of faith. We are not perfect in this podcast. We keep it real while glorifying God and having fun. I'm so glad that you've joined. Now let's get this conversation started. Hello, Wisdom Seekers. I hope y'all are having a great day today. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't noticed, I'm switching it up a little bit. When I first started this podcast, I just chose Thursdays out of the blue just for no real reason. And I've had some changes in my schedule lately, and Thursdays are just not a good day for me. I called my sister and I was like, I feel like I need to change the podcast day. Like, I just have such a busy week starting out from like Sunday until Wednesday. My week is just like super busy, like morning and night (laughs) and all day. And so I come up with what I really want to say through like doing my Bible studies and stuff like that or just stuff that's been on my mind like all week. So I come up with stuff throughout the week of what I'm going to talk about, but then I don't have time to really work on it until like Wednesday night. And so I find myself late Wednesday night and super early Thursday mornings trying to put something together real quick as far as like recording it and editing it. Editing it and editing it takes so long. I just don't think that I'm doing anybody any favors by doing it on Thursday because it's just like, like on Wednesday nights and Thursday mornings, I'm just like putting something together real quick. Um, my sister was like, you should do it on Wednesdays because then it would be Wisdom Wednesdays. And I was like, that's cute, but that still doesn't help anything <laughs> as far as scheduling goes. So I'm just trying to find you know a rhythm And with my new schedule and everything, I've just got to get into a rhythm. And after thinking about it, I think Fridays are a good day to do the podcast. It just gives me a little bit longer to work on it. So, you know, thanks for bearing with me. We're going to get it together. We're going to work on it. Like I said, when I started this podcast, it was just like, hey, I want to start a podcast. And so I just did it. So um, it's going to take some figuring out. Um, and we're working on it. So thanks for those who have stuck with me. And for those that are new, like I said in the intro, we ain't perfect here. We're just making it work. To be honest with y'all, I keep on in my head being like, because I listen to podcasts all the time, but the people that I listen to have teams working on their podcasts. And I keep on telling myself, oh, well, this person has somebody who edits for her and and has somebody who does social media and stuff for her because I've been wanting to do social media too, but I really hate social media. It's just hard for me to get started in that, but I do want to get on there a little bit because that's where everybody is. So if I want to like speak truth and life and encouragement into the world, I feel like I need to be on social media. And so anyway, that's something that I've been thinking about. But I'm just like, they have teams of people who help them with all this stuff, and they have millions of people who listen to their podcast. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, well, I don't need to stress myself out doing this because it's not like I have 100 people listening. But y'all, a verse that's been over and over in my head has been, the one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And so it's like, what I have now is very little, but if I'm faithful in this, 
And I love doing it. I honestly don't like the editing part. It takes forever. And it's going to take me a while to get used to doing like social media videos and stuff like that. But I'm going to be faithful with my little. That's how you get more responsibilities and more opportunities is when you're faithful with that very little. So I'm going to be faithful with my very little. I don't know where it's going to get me, but I know that if I'm faithful with my very little, I can be trusted to be faithful with more. And if I'm not faithful with my very little, how am I to be trusted with any more? So if you're in a season of life where you feel like you have little, be faithful with it and you can be trusted to be faithful with more. Isn't that cool? I think that's a good thing to look forward to. So I always want to start my podcast out with something this week that has that I'm either thankful for or that has brought me closer to God. And I have like a few things this week. I just feel like this week's been a great week for me. One is it may sound silly, but I started doing yoga in the morning. There's like this 30-day free yoga challenge on YouTube if you want to get started. (laughs) It's with like this girl named Adrienne. Just look up 30-day yoga challenge. And so I started waking up an hour earlier every morning just to start like getting my body moving. And yoga is so amazing, y'all. It's so amazing. And it just feels like the weight of the world's coming off of you. And I feel so connected to God when I'm doing it too. It's just awesome. So that's one thing that I really feel like is bringing me closer to God and just more in tune with my body and my spirit and all of that. And my baby growing inside of me too. It's really cool. And the Bible study that I was talking about last time I posted. I'm really starting to love that Bible study. Um, I know I told y'all I made like a little joke about how nobody in there was under 40. Um, (laughs) And I think that's where I'm supposed to be. I think that when we always want to surround ourselves with people who are in the same phases of life with us or who are just like a lot like us, I feel like if we only surround ourselves with that type of people, we limit our opportunity for growth, spiritual growth, emotional growth, just life growth, because older people can learn from younger people. Younger people can learn from older people. Um, People who grew up with little can learn from people who grew up with more. People who grew up with more can learn from people who grew up with little, little. Like I just think that if you surround yourself with people who are just like you, how are you ever going to grow? And so it's really cool to surround yourself with people who have come from all different backgrounds and life stories. And you just get inspiration from those types of people and you get to see different perspectives on things and it really challenges the way that you think. Um, And so that's really cool. And then just my internship that I started with Grace Klein Community, their motto is like Feed Birmingham. They partner with local churches and a lot of people in the community to just feed Birmingham. I mean, it takes a community and it's so awesome to see just the volunteers that come in and the people who show up faithfully to rescue food from grocery stores, to deliver food, to work with partners in their community to get food out to the people who need it. I mean, it's so cool. And then this past week, people shared their testimonies with me and 
Y'all, people are so amazing, and the way that God works through people and frees them from things, it's just so amazing. And so that's definitely like just growing my faith in God and seeing how awesome He is and and what He does in other people's lives and how He just shows up. Because sometimes it's like, we don't know if we're going to have enough volunteers for all these people. We don't know if enough food's going to show up for all these people. And God always makes a way some way, somehow. And y'all, it's just awesome. I mean, my faith has just grown so much during the few weeks that I've been doing this internship. So those are the things that I am thankful for and have brought me closer to God this week. I challenge you to look back on your week and see, you know, how God has shown his glory in your life every week. He always tells us to remember, remember the things that I've done, remember. And our faith just grows so much stronger when we just take a look back, not just on our week, but on our lives and, you know, even the lives of others and just remember how good he is. Our faith is that so much stronger. And when hard times come, we can say, hey, God brought me through this. God brought this person through so much more. I have faith that God will bring me through what I'm going through right now. And your faith just grows so stronger when you remember. Okay, so let's get into the actual episode. So this post was made maybe three weeks ago, and it's just been sitting with me ever since. So the post was made by a person of the LGBTQ community. And so the post was basically saying like, help, I'm looking for church suggestions. I really want to get in the church. I've been watching church online, but I um, have not basically not had good experiences in the past at um, churches who were not very welcoming of people in the LGBTQ community. And um, I really miss, I really want to go to a church setting. I don't just want to watch it online. So please give me suggestions of, you know, churches that may be welcoming. And I'm like, what? I'm not surprised by this post because I know how a lot of churches are. But this just made me be like, are we serious right now, Christians? Are we serious right now, churchgoers? This person is wanting to come and experience life-changing love that only Christ can give. And she is wanting to experience it with a community of people that love her and are for her. She's not just wanting to be bound up to only experience church online. She wants to experience the same community that other people are able to experience. But she has this boundary holding her back of judgment from people who proclaim to be Christians that's holding her back from coming to the foot of Christ. Like, this just really bothered me. And then I go to the comments, and there's someone that commented on there and said, just remember you're going for the message, not for the people. And I kind of commented like, no, like church is supposed to be community. Like you need to find somewhere that's for you. You know what I'm saying? And she was basically saying if 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 she really wants to go to church and the people there are not welcoming of her, then at least just go for the message. Like basically don't just not go at all because people aren't welcoming of you. Y'all. First of all, I've heard so many times, it's not just people in the LGBTQ community. I've heard so much about people who don't go to church because of the judgment of others that are in the church. And 
I've heard it a hundred times. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times that people in church are hypocrites. And so some people just decide not to go to church. They just decide not to go to church. Or they decide to stick in a church where they don't feel comfortable at all, where they don't feel loved at all, just so they can try to hear the word of God. I feel like Jesus would be so angry about this. People are keeping other people from coming to church and experiencing his love because of their ideas and their judgment against them. So I just want to talk a little bit about this today. (laughs) I don't want to get too worked up about it. And I feel like people always say, I've heard people say, oh, well, the leaders of the church, they are held to a higher standard. They cannot be out here um, visibly sinning, like doing, you know, they definitely can't be out here cursing or they can't get divorced or they can't any of this because they are leaders of the church. And if they are doing those things, then other people who are weak in the faith are going to think that it's okay to do those things too. And I agree to a certain extent. People who are leaders of the church are held to a higher standard because people look to them to either justify or convict them. Which I personally think that people are people. Nobody's perfect, not even a preacher, not even the highest leaders of the church. And the reason that Jesus came was for us to use him to convict us or justify us. And I feel like everybody knows in their heart what is right and what is wrong. And if you're using a human who is imperfect in every way, to um, be your guideline for what is right and what is wrong, I feel like you're building up your life on a pretty weak foundation because because preachers and everything are humans just like we are, and they're definitely going to fall fall sometimes, and they deserve the same grace that anybody else deserves. But I hear people saying that type of stuff, like, okay, the leaders of the church, like they got to be an example, or people are going to think it's okay to do what they do. Okay, well, on the same token, if you go to church and you're weak in the faith, right? You just want to learn about what Jesus is. You heard about this Jesus person, how he brings joy and he brings freedom and he brings hope. And so I'm coming to this church, but then I walk in and I feel unwelcome and judged. And sometimes it's not outright people just judging you and and telling you what you're wrong. Sometimes they come up to you with a smile and give you a hug and shake your hand, but then they whisper about you behind your back, or or you can just feel that they're looking at you the way that you're dressed. You can just feel the judgment. If you walk in church and you feel unwelcome, and by the way, if you're at the church and you were hugging people and, and saying, God bless you and all this stuff, but in your heart you're judging them, they know that. You're not fooling anybody. And so one way or another, this weak person in faith walks in the church and he feels unwelcome or unloved. I say the leaders of the church, you know, if they're doing bad things, people are going to think it's okay for them to do bad things. But for the community of the church, if they walk in and feel judged, they're going to judge Christ that way. Oh, these are Christians? How are they ever going to learn about God's grace? How are they ever going to experience God's grace? They're just going to think all Christians are judgmental, all Christians are hypocrites, and so why would they strive to be a Christian? Why would they strive to be a Christian if they come to church and experience those things? Some people decide to leave the church completely or leave 
Christianity completely because of this. And so I want to talk about three things. So I want to talk about why I think church is important. I don't want people to just leave the church. I think church is still very important. So why I think church is important. I want to talk about why people are uncomfortable going to church or why people have went to church but then left the church. And just why the church is the way that it is, some churches. I feel like all churches have a little bit of this in there. And then um, I also want to talk about what we can do to be the change, because this has got to change. We can't just sit around and like it's okay to judge people when they come into the room. So people say, you know, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. The most important thing is your relationship with Him. Um, Or, you know, just go to church and just hear the message if you don't feel comfortable there, just just read the message. Listen, if you are at a church that does not make you feel comfortable, or if you've been at a church that does not make you feel comfortable or makes you feel judged or whatever, I'm not saying that churches need to affirm people's sins, but I'm saying that churches are supposed to be a safe place for people to go to get to the foot of Christ, for people to go to have community. And so a lot of people, like I said, have said, you know what? I have my Bible at home. I, If I want to hear the word, I have sermons at home. I can meet God where I am, on my couch, on my balcony, in my yard, on my morning walks. I don't need to go to church where I'm just going to be judged for everything that I do by hypocrites. And if you feel like that, y'all, there is a church out there that will have people that are for you. You just have to keep searching until you find that church because God created us for relationships, relationships with Him and relationships with others. He created us for community, for a community who comes together as one church and worships Him and is there for to be your community when you when you are struggling you have people to talk to when you need encouragement you have people that are there for you when you go through hard times you have your church that is there for you yes everybody has family some people some people don't even have a good family but everybody needs that community of people who are not perfect but They love and believe in God who can do the work inside of them. Paul, the writer Paul in the Bible, he he always stressed that social divides that are typical in society, so race, gender, class, um, all of these things, political affiliation, all of these things that divide us in the community have no place in the church. The church should be a place of diversity where each person can contribute to the whole of the church. 1 Corinthians 12, you should like read the whole thing, (laughs) but the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the body of Christ. We were all given spiritual gifts and each of them worked together to make up the whole body of Christ. So if I'm just sitting on my couch by myself, connecting to God, that's great. And I do want to say too, like, Church is awesome, but you still need to have that daily walk with God. But it's a combination of the two. You have your daily walk with God, and then you have your community 
of people, which is the church. And so 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the body of Christ. And it's so important. He said there is one body, but it has many parts. And all of its many parts make up one body. It says we were formed into the body by the Holy Spirit. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. And then it talks about how important each different part of the body is. But in order for them to work and have their purpose, they have to be connected. And so it says, suppose that the foot says, I am not a hand, so I don't belong to the body, right? People want to just commune with the people who are just the same as them. Listen to this. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts but there is only one body. So the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And I like this. It says, in fact, it is just the opposite. And this is, I love this part right here. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker. So those, those oddballs in society, the ones who are not the preachers and the teachers, the ones who are the oddballs in society. The the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we can't do without. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't shown, but they are treated with special care. It goes on to say, in that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. Y'all, this is the church. This is the church. We are supposed to be a whole bunch of different people all coming together with our different backgrounds, with our different purposes, with our different strengths, with our different weaknesses, and we are all just as important as the other. Just because one of us is in one phase of life where you may think that they're their way of life is is wrong. Maybe they're the weaker part of the body that he was talking about. But he says the, the, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the parts we can't do without. The one that we think are less important, we shall treat that with special honor. With special honor. Because if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. This is what the church is supposed to be, y'all. This is what the church is supposed to be. I don't know how we've gotten so far away from it, but it's so important. It says if we're not working all together, what use is a hand if it's not connected to the wrist and the rest of the body? What use is an eye if it's not connected to the rest of the, of the church? The church is important. The church is important. I mean, and the Bible says that over and over and over. Church and community is important. If you've experienced a church that that is not suffering when you're suffering, and that is not taking care of all the other parts with love and attention to each part, there's a church out there that, that, that you can find that will do that. And if you're a church that where, where y'all are, where, where this church is only accepting the people who appear to be perfect, then y'all are missing parts of the body. Y'all are missing parts of the body. And quite frankly, y'all are being fooled because there's nobody that's perfect. So not only are y'all missing parts of the body, but y'all are hiding parts of the body. 
y'all are refusing to heal parts of the body. As I was saying, the church should be a place of diversity where each person contributes to the whole. There was a, a pastor that says, limiting yourself to one circle of peers does not promote spiritual growth. Young people can learn from and be challenged by old people. Old people can learn from the young people. The spiritually weak can learn from the spiritually mature. The spiritually mature can learn from the spiritually weak. We are all one body of Christ and we're all work together. The church was designed to be the place where our natural gifts, like I said, we have hands, we have eyes, we have livers, we have the the body. Remember, God says we, He made us in His image, right? So just as the body all works together with its different purposes, the church is designed to be the body of Christ. The church is designed to be the place where our spiritual gifts are discovered, where they're nurtured, and where they're used to build up the body of Christ. Church is important, y'all. We have to be connected together and working towards one purpose. Church is important. So if you've been hurt by the church and you feel like you can just have a relationship with God on your own, that's great. You do need to have a relationship with God on your own, but you also need to have that community of people who are going to nurture you, who are going to come in and take care of you, who are going to make you feel loved and make you feel important and make you feel seen, the people who you can tell all of your problems to, and the people who are going to encourage you. And, and show you your your potential and your possibility and your importance as part of the body of Christ. And the last thing I want to say about why church is important is I told you all about my internship with Grace Klein Community, and they sent out an email the other day that said a, a missionary team came in for a whole week and did a bunch of different, different tasks for the um, organization and for the community. And they sent out an email that said that those that one group of people did more than a staff member. So if they had hired someone on, those one group of mission missionaries, those one group of volunteers, they did more in one week than a staff member could do in 43 days. Community working together makes so much of a difference for the world. We can do so much more when we put all of our talents together in the church as one whole body of Christ, not working separately. So I think that the church is is so important. Now, it is true that people have been hurt by the church. So I want to talk about kind of the reasons why the church does hurt people and why um, people, like what about the church has made people feel hurt. And from my own experience and just from hearing from other people and kind of looking online and reading people's stories, um, the people, the reason why people leave the church, one, like I said, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. It's full of hypocrites. It's full of hypocrites. Um, because what we see a lot of times is people feel like they have to put on their best dress go to church. Let's just act like everything's okay. Let's just play the perfect family for an hour and smile at everybody. Everything's fine. Let's just act like everything's fine. People feel like they have to come to church and put on their best to make it look like 
they're, they're, they don't have their, their own struggles at home. And that's just not the truth. Everybody has their own struggles. Going to church and just acting like everything's fine and not feeling comfortable to say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what the enemy is, is throwing my way and has been throwing my way this week. And for people, other people to say, yeah, me too. Like, this is what I'm struggling with too. Let's Let's encourage one another. Let's let's get the word of God. Let's worship God and let's invite him to overtake the enemy. It's not like that. It's it, a lot of churches and again, I think this is in every church. Um some more than others, uh some people are fighting against it in churches more than where other churches just find this acceptable. Um but just coming on and putting your your best face forward like everything's fine. Um, that's what makes people see that the the church is full of hypocrites. And they say, well, I'm not going to go and act like everything's fine for an hour and, and then have people talk about me behind my back when I leave and whisper about me and go have lunch and talk about me um, instead of encouraging me. That's why a lot of people don't go to church. And I hate that. Like, I hate that because, like I said, it should be where we can go and feel comfortable and feel like it's a safe place to say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what the enemy is is throwing at me this week and, and have people to encourage and say, let's get the word of God in here and let's get some encouragement and let's let's drive out the enemy. So that's one reason they, they feel like the church is just full of hypocrites. And another thing is... Um, when they go to church, they don't receive encouragement. Instead, they receive basically like a scolding. Like the Bible says, you should not do this. And if you do this, then you need to repent and turn from that. If you're spiritually weak and you're going to a church and and just hearing that you need to repent and turn and 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 you're going to go to hell if you keep on doing this and we need to put the fear of the Lord in you. What? They're just like, what is going on here? Jesus came to change that mindset around and say, you can't fix yourself up and then come to church and receive God. You come to God with with all of your problems, and He will begin that work inside of you. It's not that you just fix yourself up and, and then you're able to come to the foot of Christ. No, you bring all your shame, all your guilt, all your worries, all your struggles to the foot of the Lord and then he changes you but what a lot of people experience is just scolding when they get to church and then making they instead of leaving encouraged they're leaving feeling bad about themselves and who wants to spend their Sunday doing that and I feel like it's so much more than just uh, the LGBTQ community who experiences this in church that is a big group of people who do who who won't go to church because their lifestyles are more in the open than others. That is something more visible that people can see than others. So others treat that as a bigger sin than other sins, than sins that they're dealing with. And so I feel like some of these other um, types of sins that people feel like are higher than other sins are um, people who are struggling with drugs and alcohol addictions, um, or maybe not addictions, just you know, are participating in drugs and alcohol. They feel like they can't come to church because they're getting judged. People who are currently um, cheating or have cheated, um, that's something, and that if it's something that people know, that's something that people are. Uh, more aware of and 
think of that as some type of higher sin and they should repent and turn instead of showing them love like God's grace you know God's grace is enough for you you know instead of getting that they're told to repent people who like have been in trouble with the law um, and people know about that they don't feel comfortable coming to the church because people are just it's like it's like some sins are written on people's foreheads that this is what I've done in my past and that's what they're going to be judged by at church even down to like the clothes that people wear I've been in churches where did you see what she was wearing did you see what she said oh my gosh those kids she can't take care of those kids those kids are just so rowdy does she not know that when you come to church you gotta behave and be on your p's and q's like (laughs) when people receive that when they go to church like why would you want to go back to church but there's things that that people don't see such as of a big sin or don't point out like they do the things that I just talked about like like gossipers the people who are just whispering like that that's that's just as bad as somebody doing drugs like that's spreading just as much hate and division in the world than than someone that is that is cheating on their wife like that's causing hurt um people who have a love for money people don't ever seem to point that out as a sin and tell them to repent um, as soon as they walk into the church. And again, sometimes it's not outward, but it's just the way that people people know. People know when you're judging them. People who are maybe um, committing adultery that nobody knows about. But everybody has something. Everybody has something. And so it's wrong for us to judge other people or make other people's sins look like they're greater than our own. Because everybody has something. People who covet what others have, people who think of others as less than them. Everybody has something, but people in church and society tend to point out and hold certain sins higher than others. And that's why people don't want to go to church. But the truth is everybody is dealing with something. Everybody is dealing with something or has dealt with something. Like we have to show love and show that God, God's grace is enough to cover whatever you're going through right now. There is, church is supposed to be a safe place, but that's why people don't want to go to church. There's an example of this because this is something that Jesus just tried to tear down through his whole time on earth. He tried to tear down these these thoughts that that we got to point out people's sins and and uh, they've got to be they've got to show accountability for their sins. Um, and so, <laughs> I really like the story in John eight verses one through eleven. It says that the Pharisees, which were the teachers of the law, which is they acted like the people who I've been talking about in church act, just making you aware of all of your sins and telling you you need to repent and and all that. And so. It says that um, they brought Jesus a woman that had been caught uh, committing adultery, which is one of those sins, you know, that seem like they're higher than others. And it said they made her stand in front of the whole group that Jesus was teaching to that day. And they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught sleeping with a man who was not her husband. In the law, Moses commanded us to kill such women by throwing stones at them. Now, what do you say? So they're trying to set a trap for Jesus. They wanted to have a reason to bring charges against him, saying that he wasn't following the law of Moses. And um, Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground. And they kept asking him questions. And so he stood up and said, Has any one of you not sinned? Then you be the first to throw a stone at her. And those who heard what he said began to go away. They left one at a time. 
And Jesus stood up and and asked her, Woman, where are they? Hasn't anyone found you guilty? And she said, No one, sir. And he said, Then I don't find you guilty either. Go now and leave your life of sin. So he's not condemning her. He's saying, look, my grace is enough to cover you. And I love what he said. He said, have, he said, you who have not sinned, be the first to throw the stone. And they know that they have sinned. So why are they judging this woman and acting like her sin is more? Like she should be stoned because of her sin, but for the sins that they commit, they don't have to be stoned. And so Jesus is like, I am not here for that. I am not here for that. I love that story in the Bible. Like, I, like I've been saying, some church, this is more prevalent than others, but I think in every church they have this issue with people wanting to judge or look at some people as, as their sins are higher than the others. And that's just because the church is a community of flawed people. Nobody's perfect in the church, just like I've been saying, just like Jesus said, let let you who have not sinned be the first to throw the stone. But it is because of our flaws and faults that we need each other. We need each other to work through these things. While every church has this, because every church is full of flawed people, we need to be the change, right? If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself. (laughs) So how can we be that change? I feel like being a Christian is letting God into our hearts to make that change in us. Um, So we always have to be looking at our hearts. And so when we feel bad thoughts and we feel hatred about someone or we feel like someone's less than us, we need to stop. When we feel that rising up, we need to stop. Before we gossip, before we judge, we need to stop and we need to pray to see what Jesus sees in them. Like, Jesus, show me what you see in them. I want to judge them. I want to gossip about them. This is the enemy coming into me. Help me see what you see in them and give control to God to give them grace and conviction. You don't have to tell them what they're doing wrong. God will give them conviction on that and he will start that work in them and he will give them grace to get them through. And that's what's going to change their lives. Are you pointing at them and saying, oh, you did this and you need that and you need to repent? That's not going to change their lives. Pointing them to Jesus is going to change their lives. And loving them like Jesus loved them is going to change their lives. So we should love first. We should love them like Jesus loved them. I like what Romans 12, 9 says. Because it's easy to say, oh, I, I do love them. But still, don't treat them like you love them. So Romans 12, 9 says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And another one says brotherly love, like you would love your brother or your sister. And take delight in honoring each other. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. I mean, let all of those words sink in. If you're not loving people like that, you can love them more. And on the subject of loving others, because that's how we can make change in this world and in our churches, Matthew 5, verse 46 and 47, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. So we are to love everyone, not those that are just like us, not those that appear to be perfect. 
So we got to be constantly looking at our hearts and saying, are we really loving people like Jesus loves people? Being a Christian is letting God transform our hearts and our way of thinking day by day, brick by brick. Right? We've got some deep weeds and roots in our hearts that Jesus came to pull up. He pulls up the roots that produce the bitter and judgmental fruit. Most battles, I feel like, come from us looking at the surface of things, looking at the surface of people like they're just two-dimensional people, that they are, they are their, their wrongdoings. That's all they are, their wrongdoings. So most battles and most um, misunderstandings come from us just looking at the surface of things and being quick to judge or quick to make assumptions. Have you ever had people make quick assumptions about something if you did and, and judge your whole character based off of that and you just think, if they, if they knew me, they would know I'm not like that. If they knew me, they would know that's not who I am. Right, but we're quick to do the same to other people. I like the song Revolutionary by Josh Wilson. It says, the whole song's great, but it starts out with says, maybe you're not like me. Maybe we don't agree. Maybe that doesn't mean we got to be enemies. Maybe we just get brave and take a big leap of faith. Call a truce so me and you can find a better way. Let's take, let's take some time, open our eyes, look and listen. And we're going to find that we are more alike than we are different. Wouldn't it be amazing if everybody looked at the world like that? The last verse I'm going to give you is Romans 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Let's not be like society and judge people based on societal indicators. That's not what that says, but it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Isn't that amazing? God is the one that can change you, not other people pointing out your flaws. To make the church a better place, let's look at our hearts this week and every day, and let's look at people as Jesus looks at them, as Jesus looks at us with the grace that He's given us every day. Let's be slow to judge and quick to love, and let's make church a safe place, a safe place for those who are battling with something and just looking to get a sip of the water that brings life. Let's judge slow and love quick. I hope you'll have a great day. Peace and blessings.